Thanks for joining us today. My name is Kevin Schulman, and I'm a professor of medicine at Stanford University. I wrote this essay after a refill of my child's generic attention deficit hyperactivity disorder prescription that led to new side effects and raised questions for me about the quality of generic drugs. I have always believed that approval of generic drugs by the Food and Drug Administration, or FDA, serves as an assurance of medication quality. Over 90% of prescriptions filled in the U.S. are for generic products, and when available, generic drugs offer patients access to the same active ingredients as brand-name drugs at greatly reduced cost. The benefits of generic medications extended to the products used by my family until my child's struggles with renewed prescription led me to uncover significant oversight challenges in the generic drug market. One of my children has Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, ADHD, and was prescribed methylphenolate, brand name Concerta. This medication is a time-release formulation that's titrated by the pediatrician to a person's symptoms, in this case, being able to focus in school. The branded drug is available for $12.60 a pill or $378 for a 30-day supply with a good RX coupon. Generic versions of this medication became available in 2012, and a 30-day supply of generic methylphenidate is available for $34.58 in a short-acting form and $56.31 in a time-release formulation, again with a good RX coupon. Thus, there's quite a significant savings from the availability of generic medications. We were quite happy with my child's response to the medication until we renewed their prescription in the fall of 2019. After the renewal, they began resisting taking the medication, and our morning ritual of eating breakfast and taking the prescription became a real struggle. I didn't think our challenge was more than a teenage phase until I read a book titled Bottle of Lies by Katherine Eben, which documents a pattern of fraud in generic drug manufacturing by the Indian company Rambaxi. After reading the book, I decided to dig deeper into my child's recent generic prescription. Over the past 20 years, the generic drug market has become a global enterprise, with foreign generic drug companies entering the U.S. market and with mergers of U.S. and foreign firms. The capacity of the FDA to oversee a global supply chain has been severely tested in response to this rapidly evolving market. Not only is the FDA challenged to conduct the required overseas inspections and audits, its process for doing so differs across geographies. Inspections are unannounced in the United States, but announced and scheduled overseas. By 2005, foreign drug manufacturing sites exceeded those in the United States for the first time, according to Eben, but the FDA was not able to conduct more foreign than domestic inspections until 2015. Unfortunately, the COVID-19 pandemic has further strained oversight of manufacturers by forcing the FDA to postpone most foreign and domestic facility inspections. As I read Eben's book, I learned in detail about the evolution of this industry and the glaring lapses in oversight resulting from an FDA regulatory approach that is largely based on trust. FDA approval is based on data developed by manufacturers subject to audit and analysis by the FDA. That approach has served the FDA well in the United States, but unfortunately, global pharmaceutical manufacturing has not always lived up to the U.S. standards. The result has been a series of scandals involving foreign manufacturers including a 2013 criminal guilty plea by Rambaxi and the imposition of a $500 million fine and settlement related to the manufacturing and distribution of adulterated products. Of course, the public, myself included, is largely unaware of the enormous regulatory challenges in the generic drug market. 
When I looked at the drug label for my child's prescription, I found the original prescription we received was the branded version manufactured by Janssen. The most recent prescription filled CVS, however, listed a manufacturer named Trigon Laboratories. I was curious about this firm and looked at their website to understand where the company was based and where the drug was manufactured. This information was not available. All I could determine was that Trigon had been acquired by Osmotica Pharmaceuticals in 2016, a firm based in Ireland. Since I'm fortunate to work in an academic medical center, I asked our pharmacy to see whether they could access data about the source of the generic drug. They were surprised that they were unable to determine the source of the active ingredients for the Trigon medication. One chapter of Eben's book describes problems with time-release formulations of the antidepressant bupropion. Patients who've been stable on their medications began reporting suicidal ideation and other symptoms when they switched to generic medications. After receiving multiple complaints over a period of years, the FDA withdrew several approved generic products from the market when on further examination, they were found not to be absorbed to the bloodstream at the same rate and to the same extent as the reference or branded product. I sought more information on generic methylphenidate from the FDA website. There was no information on the Trigon product, but I found a reference to a notice from 2016 that the FDA proposed to withdraw from the market two FDA-approved generic versions of methylphenidate manufactured by Mellencrot and UCB Kramers because they could not confirm their bioequivalence to the reference product. At the time, the FDA withdrew the rating of interchangeability for these products with the branded product. The FDA had received adverse events reports that the approved generic products lacked effectiveness, leading the agency to initiate a review of these products, including testing of the medications in their own labs. I became concerned. Was there an issue with our generic formulation? If so, what was a better manufacturer? While I didn't know it at the time, in 2018, the FDA had recalled one formulation of generic methylphenidate manufactured by Trigon for being subpotent, though our prescription was filled after the recall was terminated. At this point, I shared my concerns about all this with our pediatrician. Instead of telling me I should not be concerned and was overreacting, she told me that she struggles with this issue daily with her patients. She said they report similar challenges with different generic products for treatment of illnesses such as ADHD and depression, but she had no resources to help her sort out these issues for her patients. I investigated further on the CVS website to understand how they view the quality of generic medications they sell us. What I found was that the retail pharmacy websites do not report the source of generic products or on any quality testing they perform on the products they sell. Instead, they defer to FDA approval for evidence of safety and bioequivalence. On the CVS website, I also found this potentially misleading statement. Generic medications are tested and approved by the FDA, and they're manufactured in FDA-inspected facilities. Readers could take this to mean that the FDA routinely tests generic medications prior to approval. This isn't the case. The FDA says it does perform some testing of generic drugs, but not as a routine part of the review process. The agency performs its own testing when issues arise, such as when questions are raised about whether a generic product performs as well as a brand name product, as was the case with generic versions of Concerta. I inquired at a different retail pharmacy chain about the manufacturer for their generic methylphenidate, and they said they generally used two suppliers and alternated between these manufacturers. I was upset. Offering multiple manufacturers' products as substitutable is actually a concern. The medical resource up to date suggests that the dose response rate of methylphenidate is highly variable and careful dose titration is necessary. Further, within the acceptable range for bioequivalence, 
a 36 milligram dose of generic methylphenidate could deliver the same bioavailability as 29 to 45 milligrams of the reference product. When I told the story to one of my colleagues, he mentioned that he takes generic amlodipine and that the medications he gets from the pharmacy differ every time in terms of pill shape and color. He can never be sure that it really is amlodipine, he said, and so he checks his blood pressure to make sure the medication is working. If it's elevated, he attributes this to a bad batch of medication. The generic drug market emerged after the passage of the Hatch-Waxman Act in 1984, but it has transformed substantially since that time. The act provided a pathway for generic drugs by establishing a new regulatory pathway for drug registration, the abbreviated New Drug Application, or ANDA. The ANDA process does not require extensive clinical trials of generic products, but rather relies on the existing evidence base to determine the safety and effectiveness of the product, the data for the brand name or reference product. The generic manufacturer must engineer its own means to deliver the same chemical entity as the originator molecule to patients. For a drug to be approved, manufacturers have to prove bioequivalence, defined by the FDA as delivering the same amount of active ingredients into a patient's bloodstream in the same amount of time as the innovator drug. Compared to the large number of patients exposed to a drug as part of the registration package for a branded product, these bioequivalence studies can include as few as 12 patients, and they might not need to be all from the United States. The FDA also requires demonstration that sponsors have methods and controls in place for the manufacturer, processing, and packaging of a drug that are adequate for assuring and preserving the identity, strength, quality, and purity of the proposed drug product, according to its 2016 question-based review for generic drugs. The FDA relies on manufacturers to collect the data to demonstrate that they meet these requirements. The FDA reviews the ANDA application and audits the manufacturers to ensure that the data and processes supporting the product and manufacturing practice are in place. Although the generic drug market is large, it's also very challenging for manufacturers. For a given product, the first generic manufacturer or manufacturers to file with the FDA can enjoy 180 days of market exclusivity, during which they might price their generic drug only slightly less than the brand name product. After this period, new entrants into the market generally drive down the price of these products, and generic manufacturers may choose to leave the market if it's no longer profitable for them as my colleagues and I described in a 2015 JAMA article. Under the surface, the economics of the generic drug industry are brutal. With FDA approval as the sole mark of quality in the market, generic manufacturers compete on the basis of price in a market largely hidden from physicians and patients. This can result in a race to the bottom for generic manufacturers to see who can manufacture the product at the lowest cost. Consolidation of distributors, pharmacy benefit managers, and pharmacies has further enhanced the competitive environment for generic drug manufacturers. Concern about the quality of low-cost generic drugs has become an issue globally, revealing issues of low-quality manufacturing and fraud. For example, in 2019, my colleagues and I published a secret shopper study of nifedipine, a hypertension treatment, in retail pharmacies in Lagos, Nigeria, and found that 76% of the products were either falsely labeled in terms of dose or were of substandard quality. It was impossible based on appearance to identify a high-quality version of a medication, and even price did not help in determining the quality of the medication. I brought all of this back to my pharmacy. You can only imagine the looks I got at the counter when I began asking questions about the quality of their generic drugs. 
Of course, they refused to provide a refund for the prescription that was not tolerated. We went back to the branded version of the drug, and my child's adverse symptoms went away. Today, they're back to taking their medication without incident. Unfortunately, I've learned that today's pharmaceutical marketplace is not always an advocate for ensuring access to safe and effective generic medications for my children and my patients. Physicians are in an impossible situation of having to grapple with the quality of generic medications for patients in a system that is difficult to understand and entirely out of their control. This is not a bash the FDA assessment. It's more of a realization that we have relied on the FDA as a resource well beyond what anyone can envision as the role of a single federal agency dealing with a complex market and a global supply chain. The FDA recently supported this assessment in 2020 testimony before Congress, stating many pharmaceutical manufacturers, whether domestic or foreign, have been slow to invest in these mature quality management systems because the market currently has no visibility into manufacturing facilities quality. This lack of transparency reinforces competition based solely on price and disincentivizes companies from making investments in upgrading their facilities and quality practices until problems become frequent and severe enough to result in supply chain disruptions and drug shortages. The issue here is one of accountability. The public has become acutely aware of the fragility of the healthcare supply chain as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, including but well beyond the issue of generic medications. I can't imagine another industry suggesting they got a good price on a critical outsourced supply while ignoring the issues of quality and availability. Imagine Apple reporting it could not meet its quarterly earnings expectations because of a supply chain disruption or poor quality components. Drug quality must be responsibility of all the organizations engaged throughout the supply chain. The private actors in this market, distributors, retail pharmacy chains, and possibly even payers, need to assume a greater role in ensuring drug quality, possibly including implementing their own testing programs. For example, Civica Rx, for which I'm an advisory board member, is a nonprofit generic drug maker funded by health systems and philanthropies to ensure the quality and availability of medications for the inpatient setting. When I fill a prescription, I want to know that the pharmacy holds itself accountable not just to dispensing the quantity of a given chemical entity, but to the success of the resulting medical management that was the purpose of the prescription in the first place. The generic drug market is too valuable to the public to allow quality lapses to force us back to branded medications after drug patents expire. I hope you'll agree.